Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. Two weeks ago on social media and the website, I announced that a Nashville-based recording artist is my newest client. If I can help you with your music career, whether that's becoming a client or simply doing a private one-on-one online video consultation, do get in touch. I've been helping artists from around the U.S. for over 18 years now and would love to help you as well. Just write to me via the email address podcast at nhte.net. My thanks to everyone who listens, whether you're in the music business or not. Do make sure that you are signed up for the weekly email newsletter. Off the top of my head, I remember an exclusive that newsletter subscribers saw first in the March 2nd email and then two more exclusives in the March 9th email. You can gain access to the newsletter by putting your email address in the sign-up box on the show website, nhte.net. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Miami, my guest is a singer, director, and producer who has performed and directed in over 40 productions throughout the United States, United Kingdom, Asia, Europe, and Latin America. His latest project is as a member of the group Elementrio, which has its debut shows next month. He is also the co-creator of Mad Hatter the Musical, plus he has served in roles ranging from artistic director for the Vienna Summer Music Festival, general director at Opera Orlando, and assistant director at Opera in the Ozarks, among others. You've been hearing Elementrio performing a medley of You Raise Me Up and Danny Boy. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Vincent Connor. Hello, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, you're welcome, Vincent. Thank you for being here. Hi, everyone. Vincent, wow. (laughs) The longer I spent preparing for our conversation today, the more that I found that you have done. I feel like that intro only scratches the surface. But before we dive into the many facets of your entertainment career, during the intro, we were hearing a performance of Josh Groban's You Raise Me Up with the early 20th century ballad, Danny Boy. For the audience, that is Vincent's voice that you heard on lead vocals for You Raise Me Up, and I encourage you to watch the video for that on YouTube. But Vincent, we can't talk about that track until we first lay the groundwork for how all this came to be. Share with the audience who and what Elementrio is. Absolutely. So Elementrio, it's sort of a a triple entendre on on three different words. The first one being trio, which is probably the most obvious, which is Elementrio. So we are a trio of men, uh, which is one of the second words of men. And really, uh, the word element is in there. And so we really try to use the, the elemental focus of music and how each of our voices are so different. We're sort of a different take on the three tenors. Uh, uh, because Terry Barber is a countertenor, um, like singing in the stratosphere. We have Victor Valdez, who is more of a lyric leggero tenor, which is really just um, in the nice, warm, upper middle register. And me, I'm sort of a baritoner um, who sings mostly in the baritone range, but I do have a, an upper extension as well. And so when our voices come together, to me, it's absolute, just so, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever heard before. And so when we started singing together, we were just like, we have 
have to do something with this. And mm. I'm super excited that that's coming up. Our debut is around the corner. I think that there's a lot of bands that get put together that you later end up hearing the story about all the pieces that nicely fit together and you hear what went on behind the scenes that actually got them to what the public sees them as. But how was Elementrio constructed? Whose idea was it? Had the three of you ever sung together before? Those types of questions. Actually, no. And so we were actually put together um, from a mutual fan of Victor Valdez's and Terry Barber's, um, a, a man by the name of Mark Beausoleil. And he really saw, he knew all three of us as artists. And he's like, I just feel like there's energy here. And so sure enough, I got a phone call from Terry and he actually heard uh, Victor and I singing a song from Mad Hatter the Musical, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. And uh, he was like I really want to sing with you guys and so we just we, we booked a ticket and we just sang together and we're like well this is magic let's see what we can do wow wow and did you say that the person that had this vision was a fan yeah so Victor Valdez does piano bar all through South Florida and he knew Mark Beausoleil and then Mark also had gone to I think one of Terry's Mercury tours or maybe his Andrew Lloyd Webber tour and had become a direct fan of his. And so, and I met Mark at one of Victor's shows. And so it was sort of like this, this, the universe was speaking to us. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say amazing, amazing. Vincent is actually only four hours away from me. What with him being in Miami and me here in Tampa, that means that I could have gone to record with him in person the same way that I'm recording him remotely. I'm referring to a really great unit that is made by Sentrance, like the word entrance with a C at the beginning, which is good for podcasters or one just like it for musicians. It serves as the audio interface that you use with your recording rig, but it's also nice and compact so you can take it with you and use it on location as a portable handheld recorder. It's also great for any live streaming that you're doing. Regardless of which of those applications you use it for, though, you're going to get studio quality sound because of the professional quality preamps. I talk about it because I use it and because I hear the difference in how great my audio is as a result of using this. The version for podcasters is called the Portcaster, and the one just like it for musicians is called the Mixerface. I'm doing a lot of traveling this year, so the Portcaster will be with me wherever I go. That means I can be sitting in a hotel room and have someone call in for a podcast interview, and the Portcaster will record us. Whether the Portcaster or the Mixerface, your audience will have a great listening experience, and you don't have to be overwhelmed by some huge-sized, difficult-to-operate piece of gear. Sentrance has a special just for my audience. Go to my show website, nhte.net, and tap or click on the Mixerface ad, which is in the right-hand column on desktop, or scroll way down on mobile to find it. When you land on their site and order directly from them, Sentrance will give you free U.S. shipping, and when you put in the code BRUCE at checkout, they will also send you a free watertight accessory case to carry it in. Vincent, you were telling us about Element Trio, and you mentioned the name Terry Barber, who was the guest on this show back on episode 333. How did you and he ever even meet in the first place to eventually lead to the two of you coming together in this latest project? 
Oh my goodness! First of all, I'm a, sort of a numerology person, and that number three 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 alone <laughs> is like wow to me. That that that's so so interesting. Um, so I I did actually meet. So Terry and I are actually in very similar circles because Terry and I are both classical musicians at heart, and we both did a lot of training um, and conservatories and that sort of thing. And so when we actually met each other on Facebook, we had like I think something like three hundred mutual friends what? together and so because you know he comes from the opera world and so do i and so the wow. opera world it's you know it's kind of a you know it's, it's a little bit cyclical and so um it was just a matter of time before we met and then wow. it was actually really happy that mark actually connected us and so um i remember actually talking to terry i was actually directing a show of the elixir of love in fort myers when i had my first chat with him and he was sort of talking about sort of you know his career and we were coming out of COVID and well, I mean, in and out of COVID, it was on like after the first strand, I think. <laughs> um, but, and so we were sort of like talking about, you know, starting new things and all that stuff. And I had mentioned that I work with Victor already and he was very interested in hearing sort of the work that we were doing together um, with Matt Hatter, the musical. And then um, after I heard Terry's voice and I knew basically what type of singer he was, I just, I, I knew that it was going to be a natural fit to incorporate Victor as well because of the space between our voices because I am um, you know I'm a, the, the earth element and, and our element trio and so I really provide the groundedness the foundation uh, and note wise I sing pretty comfortably low G to high G um, and I have the extension to, to, to sing a little bit higher but Victor will sing about a fourth higher than me and his voice will sit there and then Terry sits above that and so for mm. Terry, you know, he's almost in a female register and then I'm in a lower male register. So having that voice in between really sort of connects us all, like almost like an infinity. And so yeah. that's why I'm super excited about the sound that we're making. It's so different than any other trio that I've ever heard um, because Terry's voice is so unique and um, Victor's voice is so fluid and, and, and so commercial sounding uh, mixed with my sort of, um, you know, classic timber i think it's it's really special and terry is wonderful <laughs> it sounds like the three of you coming together was as logical as you knowing that eventually you were destined to meet terry because you say 300 mutual facebook friends and you probably saw his name here and there and he probably saw your name here and there and it was one of those things where you met each other for the first time but it was almost like well we're formally meeting for the first time but i know who you are Exactly. And I actually, I formally met him. One of the first times we met him, I actually hired him uh, not too far from you, Bruce, uh, in St. Petersburg uh, to do a masterclass with the Vienna Summer Music Festival. One of the things that we did when we pivoted was we did our festival in St. Petersburg. And so um, we're going to be back in St. Petersburg this summer as before we actually go to Vienna. Um, of course, if everything is going okay with the war by then. Um, hmm. But we... I met him. I, I, because I, the Vienna Summer Music Festival is an education program, and so Terry had a perfect skill set to come do a masterclass, and he gave a masterclass on commercial music and really um, becoming a crossover singer. I'm asking the following question in a way that I'm curious as to what your vision is of Element Trio. I don't mean it 
in a commercial way, but I'm listening to you talk about Elementrio, and in my head, I'm picturing this should be in Las Vegas. People should be able to go see the three of them perform there, because to me, it sounds like it deserves that grand of a stage. Is that an insult to you? or And when I say, is it a compliment, I don't mean, please pat me on the back if I'm right, but how do you take that in terms of maybe what the three of you have talked about of where you'd like to see Elementrio go? Is 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 it a Vegas show? Is it a New York show? Is it a, any place that'll have a show? <laughs> um, I think that is a fantastic question, right? Given the sort of the, the elemental um, approach to the ensemble, I think that Vegas would be absolutely perfect for us to have a residence because it, that would combine a level of spectacle um, mixed with the originality of the three timbres of our voices. I think that is a wonderful goal, and it is absolutely in the five-year plan. Great, great. Well, let's get back now to the song I played at the start of this episode. Who came up with the idea of combining You Raise Me Up with Danny Boy, and how easy or difficult is it to come up with medleys like that? And and for that matter, will, will there be more? By, by the way, will there be Elementario original music? Absolutely. So we actually have one original song so far um, that we're going to be doing at our... Uh, debut concert but the, the the plan is for next year after we really start putting our show together to release an original album uh in year wow. two or three mm-hmm. and so i um, look forward to sending you that <laughs> yeah. um but for now um yeah it's just sort of uh it's it's it, it's all it's all new and it's all exciting <laughs> So who did come up with that combination of You Raised Me Up with Danny Boy, and, and was it a no-brainer, or was it, oh, you'd, you'd be surprised at how long it took for us to come up with, with two songs that would work as nicely off of each other as those did? You know, those two are very, I would say they're very popular songs from the, you know, the easy listening repertoire. Um, and they are very, they're actually a very, the, the skeleton of those songs are both very similar in nature. And so um, when you have a musician who sort of understands basic theory, um, it's sort of one of those things like, oh, that's that's the same song. And so mm. to be completely honest, um, the, it was actually very, very easy to fuse them together. Okay. The harder part was actually the uh, the arrangement aspect of it in terms of uh, the harmonies. And so hmm. um, Victor Valdez is he's a piano god. I'm gonna say and he can <laughs> hear things and see things in a different landscape than me as a director um, can see things. And so as an arranger, um, it was very easy to put the songs together. But the hard part was actually um, molding the trio aspect of it. And so. So that that to me is really where the uniqueness of our of our sound comes into play and so and now that we're getting the hang of it um i think there's many more exciting things to come that's fascinating i love that kind of insight into constructing the song that way especially when it is something that you know everybody knows they're familiar with they're going to sing along and there's almost kind of the sacredness about it where you say we want to do something with it ourselves but we also don't want to compromise the integrity of what people are used to and so it sounds like the three of you had the right recipe for him to come in and say i got this yeah absolutely and you know these both are very iconic songs you know and so to me to put them together it just made so much sense and i don't think anybody's done that before so Mm. um at least to my knowledge 
So there's clearly others. I mean, you've got a show coming up April 21st as the debut for Elementrio. So is that largely what the show is, medleys like that? Or is it that that's about the only one, Bruce, and the rest are just songs that stand on their own? Yeah, so there's uh, there's only one other song that I can think of that has a, a similar um, mashup feel to it. Everything okay. else is is an original song or um, you know a, 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 our own trio version of a, a of a known song. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, folks, as I said, Element Trio is debuting next month, April twenty first and twenty second in Southeast Florida. Keep up with them online so you can see where and when they will be performing so you can go see them live. And then, Vincent, you started to mention this. You also have the fifth season of the Vienna Summer Music Festival starting in late May here in this part of the state, specifically St. Petersburg, Florida, May 29th, and running for a few weeks before then hopefully taking it overseas. Share with the audience all about that production. Absolutely. So about five years ago, my business partner, Michael Polo, and I created the Vienna Summer Music Festival. It all was sort of a happy accident. Um, I was <laughs> directing, uh, you know, when you're when you're a musician, uh, I'm very proud that I am a full-time musician. Um, but what I learned about myself a few years ago was that when I was singing full-time, I felt like I was um, not as fulfilled as I needed to be. So now I have a recipe of um, being a, a director as a stage director as well as a singer and a teacher and I find that mm. the three the three of these things really help give me the balance um, that I need to be the, to be the best artist that I can be and it's sort of like one sort of feeds the other one and the Vienna Music Festival is a culmination where I get to be all three of those things I get mm. to be an artistic director I get to be a teacher and I get to be a singer um, and so the Vienna Music Festival is a young artist training program for hmm. aspiring singers in which case um, we bring singers to the opera capital of the world Vienna um, where they are surrounded by Viennese culture and it's such a prolific city because um, all of the great classical composers Mozart Beethoven Brahms um, all of these amazing um, composers lived and worked there and their influence um, has carried on through generations and so um, I really want wanted to, to be a, a positive force for education um, that was outside of academia. And so basically it's a, it's a training program where um, we basically start to take the training wheels off of our singers and to give them performance opportunities um, at a professional and semi-professional level. Wow. And so we produce about six operas every season. Um, and this season um, we're doing something really unique. We're doing um, traditional and non-traditional of, of operas, one being uh, one that I'm directing, which is a Dracula version of Don Giovanni. Um, and then we're also doing The Marriage of Figaro. We're doing three micro contemporary operas, and we're also doing uh, an improv opera, which I'm super excited about, which is basically um, focused on really helping to cultivate acting and singing skills for our younger singers who have not really had much acting and improvisational training before, mm. where they will get to basically they're thrown with an orchestra and they will get to build a story all improvised and only singing so wow. i'm really excited i'm really excited about 
that. Wow, yeah. I love the sound of the whole thing. And there was a question that I told myself I'm going to ask Vincent when he's finished with this answer. And then I thought, well, that's a dumb question. And then I, this, trust me, I was listening to you, but there was this whole conversation going on in my head about that's a dumb question. Well, the only dumb question is the one not asked. And then it dawned on me that when you said for aspiring singers who want to come in and learn from us, I thought, well, does he just mean any singer that's in any genre? And the more you talked about it, I thought, no, he meant opera. But there are certainly people, and they've been on this show, we've heard from people who have said that they actually, even though they're doing some mainstream genre, be it pop, be it country, that we'll talk about operatic training that they had. So could someone attend who has no designs on going into opera, but they know the value of the opera training as it will help them with their singing career? So you brought up an amazing point. Um, I don't think it's a dumb question at all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so many, so many singers. Um, you know, te- technique is is sort of the backbone of what we do as singers, and a lot of people will tap into classical or opera technique to sort of help give them the longevity of a, a long, healthy career. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, the 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 easy answer is is yes. If you're interested in studying classical voice, come will definitely help you guide you through that way but the Vienna Festival is actually one of four festivals in the making that are actually stemming over multiple genres so Mm. uh, three years ago we created the London Summer Music Theatre Academy which is the same the same version of our festival for aspiring opera singers to actually study musical theatre and next year we're actually doing one uh, in Nashville which is um, a program where we're going to help create putting together music videos and um, we're putting young singers with producers to actually get in the studio to record mm. an, an original track as well as a cover Love and then work with artists like um, Kim, I have Kimberly Locke um, coming from American Idol and these types of things so this is this is actually going to be happening next year but basically my goal is to um, I've done all the education undergraduate master's and uh, doctorate and I realized that academia is its own thing but I wanted to help be a part of cultivating um, new educational opportunities and I've done that with the London Music Theatre Academy and the Vienna Summer Music Festival so far um, and I am super excited because you know we had to pivot during COVID we actually did our thing in St. Petersburg and we're actually going to do that again this year mm-hmm. um, we're going to do it in Florida as well as Vienna and then the idea is that we're going to sort of really hit all of the genres so I love it I love it wow bravo that's fantastic we are also going to be talking about other initiatives that you're involved with but because of the diversity that the audience will see in the various projects you get involved with this is a good time to take a step back and give some insight into your start in music talk about the musical family that you come from and also your days singing in nightclubs when you were fusing together pop and jazz music with classical Sure. I've always sort of had this interest. And actually, it's funny that the one of the songs that you heard me sing was actually a Josh Groban song, because I've always been very inspired by him as an artist in particular. But my mom actually um, owned a karaoke bar in Orlando oh. growing up. And so I grew up singing at this bar, which led to, of course, other other venues of, of a similar sort in Orlando. And so she had uh, it was called Big Daddy's Bar and Grill, and it's still there. It's a, it's a karaoke bar seven days a week still today mm. uh, she, she sold it about five years ago but she had it for about 20 years wow. and she built it for, from nothing and so mm. karaoke was and music was the main focus
focus of this. And so I was so fortunate to grow up in this environment, you know, working the bar, whether it be sweeping the parking lots when I was 12 or um, coming back to bar back and bartend when I was of age. Mm. And so it was, it was really interesting to sort of have that music that that musicality sort of flow through my veins and of course my mom did it because she was a singer herself and my sister's a singer and so we all sort of have this music in common which is really lovely and um it's really opened a lot of doors for me and so i started singing also at disney world when i was younger and so it's it's um it's been really really wonderful and so that's sort of where it came from um i was really good at singing all of the genres naturally um, with just taking some basic voice lessons all except for classical and so I went and got a I got a scholarship to go to Florida State University which is where I did my my undergraduate degree and that's where I really started to build the classical foundation of my voice because um, up until then I was branching into a little bit of musical theater but I was singing mostly rock and pop Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so, and then I just really I got bit by the opera bug, and I just I love storytelling. I've always loved being mm. uh, in, involved in in that aspect of everything, and so it was really like sort of like okay, I knew that I wanted to go into the opera business I right see. from there. I see. Well, keep keep going because I feel that we don't spend maybe as much time as we should in this show talking about guests' music education. So please continue and, and share with the audience. It's all about your training in terms of your bachelor's degree and your master's degree and how those would serve you as you got started into your performance career as a classical and musical theater singer. Absolutely. So I I found some professional stuff, musical theater, while I was at FSU. There was a lot of really great regional companies. And so um, when I was at FSU, I was actually taking lessons in musical theater and opera, knowing that I thought my career was going to go more in the operatic direction, um, which it did and it has. Um, However, when you're in this business, you know, versatility is a thing. And so being able to um, sing musical theater, opera, pop, rock, everything has really served me and that's why I'm really excited about Elementrio because it's a it's a, it's a place where I get to showcase all of those talents yeah. um, but coming back to my 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 education FSU really afforded me um, just time to really hone my technique and really figuring out figure out where I was uh, and where my voice was going and then I was able to get my master's degree I got a scholarship to go to the University of Arizona So I went across from Florida all the way to Arizona, the West Coast, and I really that's where I really came alive because mm. I, I was just, I feel like at FSU, I was getting a few opportunities, mostly in musical theater. Um, but when I was doing my master's degree, I was able to do six main stage roles. I actually, I extended my degree program by a year because I ended up doing an emphasis in directing as well. Mm. And so I did six main stage roles, um, in lots of great operas. And that's when I decided, I was like, you know what? Singing is wonderful and I love it. And I just did these six great opera roles. I, I, That was my the culmination of my entire degree, but I was also interested in uh, the bigger picture of storytelling as a director, and so um, I started assistant directing at that point. 
Um, and then I went on to uh, really feel like this was going to become a bigger part of my career. So I was I actually got a grant for $20,000 when I was in my master's degree to produce my own opera. Wow. And so I, I did that and I said from, from set costumes, uh, directing the whole nine yards, I was able to produce and direct my first opera. And so going into the next part of my career, I had that a little bit of directing on my resume and then um, a lot of the singing. And so I started working on my doctorate then, and then I started singing. I got my first opportunity to sing at Wichita Grand Opera in Kansas. Um, and I sang with um, amazing singers like Samuel Ramey, which was really wonderful. And I started building my direct, I, I was still building my directing resume while now transitioning as a professional singer. From there, I went and sang at multiple other opera companies. And it was just a few years later that I had to like start really figuring out, okay, I'm getting hired in both of these worlds. And so then, then came my first problem. Which one do I go after? <laughs> um, and I actually ended up choosing directing because I just found that um, singing, it was hard singing at that level because when you're working way up from the bottom, um, I actually ended up getting offered uh, to sing a Don Giovanni after I just sung the character of Leporello in which in that opera, it's, they are hand in hand. And so memorizing all of that Italian, I took a directing contract instead. And I feel like after that moment, I started really directing a lot more. Um, and I found myself really missing commercial and popular music mm. uh, because I hadn't really sung it since the, my, my days at Big Daddy's karaoke bar, you know? Wow. Wow. And so I was now directing a lot. And then I, um, um, you mentioned Opera Orlando. Then I went and started to, I ran that opera company after a little while. And now I, I found myself really trying to figure out what's next, you know? And yeah. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Miami by singer, producer, and director Vincent Connor. He is one-third of the new group, Elementrio, which you can find on Facebook. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Elementrio also has their own YouTube channel and Twitter account. Meanwhile, find Vincent on both YouTube and Instagram. Do be sure to also check out ViennaSummerMusic.com for the festival that you heard him talking about coming to St. Petersburg, Florida and Vienna, Austria. Meanwhile, you know where else there's a lot happening online and in podcasting. I've been really grateful for all the opportunities to provide podcast coaching services, which I'm getting more and more requests for guys and gals alike here in Tampa Bay, but also in a wide variety of other locations. And we're talking beginners that don't even have a podcast yet, as well as folks who already have a show, but have questions, have challenges, need help. If you or someone you know has a podcast or you or they are thinking of doing a podcast, please get in touch so I can help. Between Now Hear This Entertainment and other shows, I have now done more than 600 podcast episodes over the last eight plus years, and I speak at podcasting events around the U.S. So take advantage of all that experience instead of guessing your way through it or finding random advice online from someone you'd otherwise never even heard before. Send me an email through podcast at nhte.net, and we can do a private one-on-one -on -one online video consultation. I will give you that email address again at the end of today's episode. 
Vincent, before all that, you were talking about the foundation that your entertainment career got built on. I'd love to hear about a motto that you have, which is changing the world one song at a time. Talk about that. Absolutely. So I'm at this point in my life, I actually just turned 35 this past weekend. And I just realized I I hit this like when I was about 30 years old, I knew that something was missing in my life. And I think that uh, it was like right before I just started building the Vienna Star Music Festival. So that was a big part of it. But I realized that I wasn't singing songs from my soul. And I wasn't um, doing things to help help change the world in a good way. And so um, at that point, I spent the last 10 years really just studying and, and learning about my craft and um, building characters, building stories. Um, and now one of the things that is really important to me about all the music that I produce, all of the events that I do, all the festivals, and that is, is that, you know, it's it's really important that, you know, to, together, I mean, you can't do, do anything alone. We have to build a team, right? And like, I think that music is a perfect catalyst to really bring people together and that positive, positive affirmations and messaging. And it's really important that, um, I, that we sing songs that is, is, is for the good of, of, of us all, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so one of the last songs that I created was just, you know, the simple message, love is on my side, you know, and it, it's important to know that, you know, everybody has their own struggles, their own path and, and that, you know, just, just love yourself and, 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 and find love, find joy, you know, um, I created a musical and the subject matter is, is, is all surrounding mental health. I, I, mm. in, I think we'll talk about that in a little bit, a little bit, but, um, it's important. And so all, all of the projects that I, that I, that I'm a part of, I really try to change the world with one song at a time. It's that I simple. Like it. I like it. <laughs> Earlier, I referred to the fact that in nightclubs, you were fusing together pop and jazz music with classical. Plus, I made a reference at one point to being a musical theater singer. This is a potential teaching moment for anyone in the audience who is an aspiring performer. Vincent, how has that diversity helped you both creatively as well as simply being able to ensure that you're working consistently? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, there, there's different techniques, whether you're looking at pop, jazz, musical theater, or classical. I think that the hardest to really grasp is classical, um, which is why I think if you can get classical, the other ones come a little easier to you. Mm. Now, um, you know, here in Miami, when I'm guesting in events and, uh, and concerts, I sing a lot of jazz, you know, and that is a sort of a, a crooning uh, technique, if you will. If you think about the great crooners, um, Frank Sinatra, Michael Bublé being those, there's a quality in the voice that is um, using a lot of what we call portamento, and that is just a little bit of a vocal slide, which really creates everything in a very nice, healthy, frontal placement, you know? Um, When you're singing musical theater and pop, it's it's, it's more of 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 a high, healthy, belted place. You know, when you're singing operates from a more resonant place, um, creating uh, pear-shaped tones and really just having a, a more of a, a warmth in your timbre. And being able to be to know how to process these, to be able to um, tap into each of these, it's, it's something that requires um, educating yourself and figuring out with your own instrument. And so that's how you work in multiple, multiple genres. Yeah, you know, you have yeah. to understand them and, and really 
feel like you can can really do them justice you know yeah and it sounds like one feeds the other because being able to be so versatile across different genres means that you're using different parts of your gift of your voice of the talent of the experience that you have of your abilities vocally and then that translates into your working consistently Exactly. And when you put some, when you, and then when you put together a new project like Element Trio, one of the reasons I'm so excited about it is that it's sort of, um, it's sort of a different level. It's like, it's like I feel enlightened in a way because you're, I'm working with such high caliber artists who all understand these different things. And together we're creating a completely different palette. Mm. Yeah, I see that. I see that. There's an event that I mentioned back in the intro that I want to make sure I give you a chance to talk about, which is Mad Hatter, the musical. Share with the audience about that, including you're also being referred to as a book writer for that project. Sure. So Mad Hatter is, aside from Element Trio, probably the the project that I'm the most passionate about. Um, it came about, again, it was a happy accident with the universe sort of speaking to me. And it happened through the London, the London Summer Music Theater Academy, which is technically my business. Um, what happened was we decided we wanted to start a musical theater program because I had that musical theater training back from FSU and I simply missed the genre and I had a lot of students who wanted opportunities. And so I created this festival and we booked my, my business partner, Michael Polo and I, we, we booked a theater in the heart of the West end, which is right in the middle of London. And we could not get approved for anything because mm. we were in court. We were in quote unquote direct competition <laughs> with, um, all the other 40 West end shows, uh, which is very competitive, just like Broadway. Mm. And so it just so happens that Michael Polo, my business partner, is a composer, um, and I had been a storyteller as a director and a singer for 20 years, and I just wanted to create something new. And at that time, um, I was really learning a lot about my own mental health, and I'd always been fascinated with the character from Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, the Johnny Depp movie had come out, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Burton film, and I was really just curious as to why he made the characters that he made Hmm. and I went and did a little research and sure enough there isn't really that much about him and he's had this really interesting evolution since the late 1800s through different media of different movies that have come out different um, you know subgenres of different books that have been created and he really has no backstory and so I thought that there was a huge opportunity Hmm. to to really dive deep here and so what I did was I created a a prequel to Alice in Wonderland, really telling the story of the Mad Hatter wow. and how he got to Wonderland before Alice in Wonderland. Wow. And now I believe it's so relevant because, you know, going through COVID, I believe that there's even more mental health issues that need addressing. And I think that mental health is arguably the next pandemic based upon what everybody and the whole world had to go through. And so I'm really excited about this, 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 um, this musical because it is currently in uh, development. We, we were able to do it fully produced in the West End three years ago, but you know, I was able, because I was able to see that show, I know now what needs fixing and what's not perfect and what needs what it needs to go to the next step. But two follow-up questions for you. Number one is, 
help me connect mental health to Mad Hatter the musical? And then secondly, why did I see this reference to you being a book writer for Mad Hatter the musical? So a book writer means I wrote the script and I wrote okay. the the story. Okay. That's that. So basically, in musical theater, you have composers, you have songwriters, songwriters, and you have book writers. And okay. so, um, technically, as a co-creator, um, it was my original story and my original script. So okay. that that's that's the book writing component. Okay. And what was your second question? Uh, how does mental health connect to Mad Hatter the musical? Yes. So in my research, um, I learned that back in the late 1800s, the um, hatters would actually use mercury to make, to turn animal pelts into felt. And so um, hatters back then were a little off. They were a little kooky. And now we know that um, mercury is, is is toxic. It's poisonous. That actually causes many mental health issues. Uh. And we we see the Mad Hatter throughout my story. Um, really come into terms with all of those things, um, manic depression, um, bipolar, and uh, through generational trauma we explore, and and so depression we explore, and so all of these things mm. sort of are factored into our show. Okay. Um, and so it sort of brings light to helping to understand the various different mental health issues. Wow. Wow. Bravo. That's tremendous. What what great vision that is. And certainly something, folks, that we'll all want to look deeper into in terms of being able to see Mad Hatter the musical. Vincent, there's another potential teaching moment as it relates to all these different hats that you wear, meaning many of them being simultaneous projects. What do you do to make sure that each one gets the time and attention it deserves? How are you staying effective with each project given that you are being pulled in so many different directions? Absolutely. And this is something that I'm um, more recently starting to get good at. <laughs> First of all, um, self-care, self-love is actually very important uh, to keep an even an even head, if you will. Um, but really, I think it, it comes down to me is putting together all the right people and putting together the right team with each project um, and really, honestly, um, overlapping. You know, where, mm-hmm. when you find that really good team, that you work with, um, explore other chapters together and see how that works. So for example, Michael Polo, who is my, the executive director to my artistic director of the Vienna summer music festival together, we created the London summer music theater Academy. And then using his skill sets of being a composer versus with my skill sets of being a director, we created Mad Hatter the musical. So, you know, once you find that person that you really click with, and that you're really able to accomplish and have a successful business with, then I think that you can start to explore different chapters and then other people come in along the way. So Michael Polo is now doing arrangements for Element Trio with Victor Valdez. So, okay. you know, you just, you start to really, you know, build that deep seated relationship when you start to have um, success uh, and then the financial comes and then the, you know, <laughs> 
everybody measures success differently, obviously. But sure. um, I think that once you start to feel like you're changing the world one song at a time, as I like to put it, <laughs> that's 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 when I, I'm, I measure the success, if you will. Yeah, and I like that what I took away from that is assemble a team and then let them do what they're strong at instead of trying to do everything yourself. And you're going to be good at one or two things and the rest you're really kind of stretching yourself. You've got somebody on your team that that's what they excel at. Let them do that and get out of the way and it frees you up to do what you need to be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even though we're just meeting for the first time today, I get a strong sense that you and your music are one in the same. You are one with all your projects, meaning it's probably difficult to separate Vincent Connor, the man from Vincent Connor, the artist. Is that something you struggle with? You know, some people would call it being a workaholic or have you been able to find ways to successfully make time to step aside from your art and just live and take part in activities that you enjoy that are not music related. And I'm asking this both from the standpoint of lessons that the audience can take away, but also because you've said it so many times, we do hear so much these days about taking care of mental health. Yeah, I don't really know how to answer that. I think that if I had to um, really try to figure out the best way. I do think that I do take time from myself that is not music related that I think energizes me, you know, but at the same token, it's very clear who I am and what my identity is. So I literally just got back two weeks ago from uh, doing a trip to Dubai and Seychelles. Uh, and I wasn't singing on that cruise, but I was <laughs> singing on that cruise, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So my, my, par- my partner, Victor Valdez, it was his contract. And uh, it is very clear that I was also a singer. And so I sang, but I wasn't, I wasn't there to sing. Yeah, if you yeah know I, mean. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And so that's sort of a way, but I mean, I can go to the beach here and, and not necessarily, you know, have to be thinking about all my projects all the time. I can really just go and be in the water and, and listen to music that is not related to my music and, and still be, you know, inspired by it. Yeah. Well, and, and that is a good answer because when you said, I don't know how to answer that, if somebody was one in the same and they couldn't separate themselves and they're such a workaholic that they don't have anything to get away, then their answer right away would be, Bruce, my music is my life. My entertainment is all that I do. I don't have time for going to the ocean. I don't have time for going on vacation. And so clearly you found a way to separate the two. But like you say, you may have music involved recreationally, but just because it's around you and not because you just can't walk away from it. Absolutely. And I will say that when I was 30, I was in a very different place. Over the last five years, I've really started to really understand who I am and what makes me tick and what I need to really um, be a more efficient artist and, and working smarter, not harder. You yeah. know, when I was 30, I was working so hard and I wasn't getting anywhere, you know. And over the past five years, I've really started to have success in all my and all my projects. And that is, I think it's just a, it's a, you know, going through something really traumatic, like a divorce. That was my thing that really, um, helped me to reset myself. And mm. now as a result, I'm so thankful for it because I'm, I'm a new, better human, you know? Fantastic. Fantastic. We're going to close today with a song called Be My Wonderland. Vincent, this is actually an original song. Before I play it, share with the audience where the song is from, as well as what it's actually about. And I'm thinking that you must have written it or or maybe co-wrote it. 
Yes. So I co-wrote this song. The song is called Be My Wonderland from Mad Hatter the Musical. This is where the Mad Hatter has really um, gotten to Wonderland for the first time and coming from a lot of generational trauma and uh, a landscape back home that was sad and and depressed. Um, he's exploring Wonderland for the first time and falling in love with the Cheshire Cat. And is this an easy song for you to write or is it it took me weeks it took me it took me months or my gosh the whole musical just flowed out of me all in one sitting and i wrote this one and seven others all of the same night <laughs> Um, so the bulk of Mad Hatter the musical was actually written in nine months. Uh, and this was one of those songs that really just flowed. Um, and I co-wrote it with Michael Polo and, uh, and it, it sung with Victor Valdez. And it's just very, it's a very interesting um, synergy that happened. And actually, to be honest, just flowed. It really did. So we haven't talked in this interview at all about you playing any instruments. So when you sit down to write a song, is it, well, I can get by enough on a guitar or, well, I can get by enough on a piano how did you write this song that way so I, I I'm uh, I, I can play enough piano and guitar to get by okay um, but working with people who are better than you it's what I've always really done <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Victor and um, Mike wrote um, both play at a higher level than me because um, they're both that's their that's their main instrument and so um, I've always done it from that perspective and so uh, I w for this song I was able to really identify and create the situation you know and so um what's happening is the cheshire cat is showing the mad hatter um her version of what wonderland is and he's just falling in love with that utopia gotcha gotcha so it sounds like you can write songs on your own with a guitar with a piano but ultimately it's more or less just to have a demo and you're going to take it to someone else and say do with this what you do that makes you more proficient on piano more proficient on guitar than i am and and let's come up with something that we're all going to be happy with that is going to be still what i wrote but performed at a higher level musically exactly yep and gotcha. again having the right team i think it's all about having the right team yeah involved. yeah agreed agreed Vincent, wonderful to meet you. Thank you for making time to be on the show. Congratulations on the launch of Elementrio, and best of luck with all your other projects, Mad Hatter the Musical and the Vienna Music Festival. Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me. I had a great time. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, producer, and director Vincent Connor. He is one-third of the new group Elementrio, which you can find on Facebook. I will put a link to that on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. April 21st and 22nd, they make their debut with shows in Southeast Florida. Elementrio also has their own YouTube channel and Twitter account. Keep up with them online to see where and when you can go see them perform live. Meanwhile, find Vincent on both YouTube and Instagram. Do be sure to also check out ViennaSummerMusic.com for the festival that you heard him talking about coming to St. Petersburg, Florida and Vienna, Austria. And one more website for you to look at is MadHatterTheMusical.com. As I mentioned earlier, I am very active helping podcasters of all levels, including people who don't even have a show started yet and folks who are already off and running with their podcast but have questions, challenges, need help, and want my help. 
Get a one-on-one session with me through a private online consultation, regardless of where you are geographically and regardless of where you are in your podcast journey, beginner, intermediate, or advanced. Write to me via podcast at nhte.net, and let's schedule time together so you can benefit from my more than eight years in podcasting. You don't have to wait to see if you can attend a podcasting conference that I'm speaking at. Just email me, and let's get online together to get you moving forward with your show. Again, the address to write to to start the conversation is podcast at nhte.net. That will do it for episode 423. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with the original song that Vincent just talked about. It's called Be My Wonderland. Something inside is changing. Something inside is changing. Something inside is changing. In my heart, I have never felt this way This feeling inside, I can describe But does he feel the same? For once in my life, I would do it I would throw it all away To feel her touch, to feel her kiss Oh, but does she feel the same? Is there a possibility? Is this my new romance? That every night you take my hand And we could dance I could be your wonderland I could be your tomorrow I can be in your whole life And wake up next to you each day I could always be by your side There is so much I could show you Things you've never seen before Just stick with me and you will see All the wonders of my world strange to think of yesterday And who I was back then But you're here now This is me now And there's a chance I could be your wonderland kind of high I want to stay in forever more Something inside is changing I'm lost in you There's no way to pretend You've got my heart Is where we start I could be your wonderland